This is Scott. This is Stephen. And this is the Poppable Podcast, where we share proven strategies and talk with industry experts to help you grow your pop-up business. Welcome back to the Poppable Podcast with Steve and Scott. Scott, it's great to be back again. We've got an exciting guest today with us, a young man called Snay Palmer, the, the co-founder and CEO of Lucky, an omni-channel fulfillment platform for brands and retailers. Prior to starting Lucky, Snay launched an accelerator fund, worked with purchasing behavior teams, worked with founders and, and, and launches of DTC brands, e-commerce stores, the list goes on and on. Outside of business, you've got a love of fashion and music and art. I know, Snay, from our previous conversations, so looking forward to our conversation today. Welcome to the Popable Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Stephen Scott, for having me. Looking forward to it. So tell us about Lucky and and, and, and what it is that, that you actually do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the origin story as well. Like how mm. we came to, so like, Lucky basically fills a gap in the marketplace that, we, that we've seen for the last um, few years, but really like that was opened up during the pandemic. What we saw was all these consumers, they wanted to buy directly from brands. Like consumers want to buy from brands, experience better, all of that. But the biggest issue is a lot of these brands aren't able to get the product to the consumer quick enough. Um, they can't compete with the Amazons of the world and the largest retailers out there from an infrastructure standpoint. However, on the other side, all these retailers have massive infrastructure in place, have products at their locations already, but are not able to drive as much traffic as they used to. So when I had moved to New York uh, about a year ago, I was actually buying a toothpaste brand. And when I was buying the product, I would just go to the brand's website. But then I was telling a friend of mine on the West Coast, like, yo, check out this toothpaste brand I've been using. He's like, I know that brand. I've been using it for two years. I get it from Target whenever I go. And at that time, I was like, oh, I didn't know you could get it at Target. That weekend, I went to a uh, local Target near me, saw it on the shelf there, and like kind of light bulb moment was like, why am I spending more and waiting longer to uh, get the product when I don't have to pay for shipping and get it like from the store? And at that time, me and my co-founder, Nafis, I had actually done a lot of digging into brand retail relationships, realized that's a wholesale relationships that only uh, collaborate. And we thought of an opportunity to basically create a platform that connects brands to their inventory at a retail store. So you can buy as a consumer directly from the brand, but now the opportunity to get it locally from the retailer or even locally delivered. So the experience is better, helps both sides. Uh, and then the, the customer is a much happier experience. I love that that's come out of personal experience. So you did having identified what that problem was and, the, and then create a business around it. So you, you get the business up and running. Where are you right now in, in the involved in, in terms of the business growing and, and so on? Yeah, so last year in Q4, we uh, done a couple of pie launches in Los Angeles with a few brands and a few uh, small retailers. We were gathering a bunch of data. We saw a lot of traction in organic transactions. We, what we saw was like Shopify had a commerce report that came out earlier this year. They said about 20% of all online purchases were locally picked up near their customer. And about 37% of customers prefer local pickup, local delivery to any other method of uh, buying. So because of that, because of the trends we're seeing and the data that we were able to collect, we had done a launch, we saw that, and then we realized what we really needed to do was get national distribution. Really need to work with the largest brands, the largest retailers, um, because those are the ones that we can actually fulfill demand. So, uh, starting honestly, like right before the Christmas holidays this past year, 
we got some great news from a couple of major retailers that uh, gave us a green light. They're like, hey, this is amazing. We want to drive more traffic to our stores. We want to like, work with our brands that we already sell to drive more purchases. And uh, we closed that out. And uh, since then, we basically launched with one national retailer here in the US and then working on two more uh, to go live next month. So that's been amazing. We've been able to sign up a bunch of DC brands and uh, even got a um, massive um, conglomerate brand has that is about 1.5 billion in revenue. And like they have 10 brands underneath that portfolio. So we're actually working with um, some of their smallest ones, scaling up to their like main brand. So it's been a really great to see the momentum shift. And honestly, you see the market reaction to saying, like, hey, we need this. I'm like, we want this. So very cool. Congratulations. I'd love, to, I'd love to dive into the aspects of the tactical of exactly how that's working and, and what you've implemented is, is the integrations kind of platform specific at this point or using APIs or, or, or how is your overall process kind of the integration look like? Is this something we kind of do between Shopify and inventory management systems that, that the uh, retailers have or how does that work? Yeah, no, exactly. So on the brand side, we have right now folks on Shopify brands. We have a Shopify app that's already approved in the Shopify app store. We can work with any brand on Shopify. It takes less than three minutes to go live with them. And then on the retailer side, we do we are working with their APIs and uh, their um, inventory management systems. So we direct integration into their uh, systems to pull that data. Uh, and once we do that, we can connect them through our platform. And that's basically it. It's a pretty straightforward process after we get those uh, integrations set up. Okay. Makes sense. I guess you're doing backwards integrations between the APIs of the retailers and then putting that inventory into a supply within Shopify where the, the buyer can choose where they're doing a pickup. Is that kind of how that works or what does that look like from a, yeah, so, an integration standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you a little bit of the consumer journey and then also like, I guess I'll help with a little bit of that, how the integration works, but you're absolutely right. We're pulling the data from the retailer from like what products are available in real time at their locations. And then matching it with the brand's uh, SKUs. So when a consumer is shopping on the brand's website, they're able to now see, hey, after they put in their zip code, what locations near them have the product available right now. So they can get fulfilled like today. And then once the customer knows which products are there, they can just uh, seamlessly purchase that product and go pick it up or eventually get it delivered from that retailer right there and there. But yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Part of that journey, just kind of... I guess, complete that part of that process. So they can select the, the retail store that they want to go make that pickup from. They buy it online, pick up in a retail store. Is the integrations, how does that work from the retailer standpoint of the pickup order and the request that goes on the retailer side? I'm assuming there's a different level of integration you're doing through the APIs to drive that particular piece. Is that, how does that look? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question. So yeah, um, we're doing it two ways. One is through our integration, we're able to automatically create orders in the uh, retailers on uh, backend. So they're able to see that. So that works out great, it's super simple. And then in terms of the actual experience, well, hey, like this is a product that needs to be picked up or locally delivered. Most major retailers, if they have don't already, within the next year, will have their own Bopis or curbside pickup or local delivery solution set up in place. So we just augment that. So we're actually just adding on to that from the brand side. So like you can go to a retailer and have this experience right now, but you can't from the brands. And what we're really doing is democratizing that technology. So everyone in the uh, commerce ecosystem has that capabilities because it just benefits everyone to be able to work together and standardize that process. So that's really right. what we're doing. We're really taking that technology that retailers already have and augmenting on top of that. Awesome. I guess I got one last question I can think of just to, it's probably the million dollar question. When uh, a consumer comes on and makes that purchase through brand's website, 
where does the revenue end up going to in the in the end? Is this revenue that gets collected from the the brand side on the website? Are they doing some sort of a revenue share back with the retailer upon pickup? Is that something that's got customizable controls within your platform, or how does that part work between that um, brand and retailer relationship? Yeah, so there's a uh, double line. We are going to make it more customizable on who gets the revenue up front. Um, the way we're doing it right now. It, today's market and what's live is actually when the purchase occurs, the revenue goes directly to the retailer first. Um, and then they pay us back uh, our percentage and then we do a rev share with the brand. So the way the brands look at it is basically like they've already been paid on the wholesale amount. So they've already made their revenue on that, but now they're getting paid on top of that per product that they sell that they drive a customer. Um, and it's better for them because the more volume and speed of uh, sales they can show to major retailers, the more wholesale orders they get, the more uh, distribution they get, et cetera. So like what we've seen in the marketplace today is majority of brands revenue at scale actually comes from wholesale. That's really where their volume is driven when they get to a certain size. So like they want to show that volume. They want to have that leverage. They want to have that data. But until today, there's no way to get that. So that's kind of like what we provide from an access perspective. So Snape, when we look at this as, a, as an application that pop-up retailing can use, how, do you, how would you see that working? with certainly the industry is being driven right now by a lot of online brand wanting to go inline. Mm-hmm. How do you see that working for those guys? Yeah. So for the, it's actually a really great tool for DTC and pop-up brands actually, um, because a lot of DTC brands are like trying to do pop-ups now, right? They're trying to have a lot of different, like localized experience across like major cities yeah. and for a period of time. Right. And like, they want to be able to move quickly and move fast. And the biggest thing when a brand has a pop-up activation. It's like they have a short period of time, but they want to drive as much brand awareness and as much traffic there as possible. So uh, we've actually worked with a few brands on their pop-up side as well. And the way it can work for them is really like, hey, X brand, if you're launching pop-ups, you just let us know what like area you're launching the pop-up in and you give us those locations. And then we can just work directly with the brand and figure out, okay, what products and inventory you have at those locations to sell on site. And now your customers, when they're shopping online, let's say they're Let's say, let's take an example of a brand. If a, a brand X is launching a, a pop-up in New York City, let's say they're launching a cellular uh, neighborhood. If they're launching there, anytime a customer is shopping on the brand's website that's in New York now, they'll be able to give the option to be like, hey, uh, it's great that you want to buy the product, but you can actually go buy it right now and then go pick it up on site at our pop-up and check it out there in person. Um, so you can actually drive more traffic to your pop-up sites using their own customer demographic uh, that they already capture online. And all of these consumers know from like the data we've collected in the industry, if a consumer sees that your product's like in a physical store, or even in a physical location, they're more likely to buy the product because they have this recollection of, oh, it's a much larger brand. It's a, a much more higher end brand. So it actually works great. And like, it's super simple to work with a brand with pop-ups. It's actually much easier than the brand retail relationships that we've been setting up. On the brand pop-up side, it probably takes less than an, um, a day to get the full thing set up just because a brand owns the pop-up experience area and they have all that data. So it's actually very quick. That's incredible. Does it work um, for d- different product channels better than others? I know I know your experience with toothpaste and, and so on. Is it home goods? Is it fashion? Or is this something that sits across any product based on the brand awareness? No, absolutely. No, I think the long tail answer is it works across any product category. I mean, the premise is cons- consumers want products at the most convenient way possible. They want it today. Like at the end of the day, like customers want things. And that's not going to go away. No one's going to be like, yeah, I'll actually wait longer. Like we have, we've seen that experience on Amazon, right? You can buy a product and they're like, hey, you want to wait five more days, just get it later. And like, why would a customer do that? There's no reason. As a customer, you're like, 
I want to, if somebody's not knocking on my door the minute I buy, it's like a bad experience at this point. So no, I think convenience is king. And I think all brands want that. Our products want that. Obviously some products are easy, better fits for us. Like furniture is hard, for example, right? It's like a much larger product. Yeah. It would be very difficult. But any other brands are fair game. The categories that we've actually skewed pretty heavily to, because um, we have a lot of interests, actually the beauty, makeup, uh, skincare, cosmetics uh, sector. Just because it's a very high volume space, high margin products, it works really well, they're well distributed, et cetera. Apparel has done really, really well too. And then one category that we're seeing a lot of value in is the beverage space. Beverage brands, all these DTC beverage brands actually love our platform and want to use it faster because of the fact that shipping beverage brands is very expensive because they're very heavy because of liquids. Um, so they actually prefer people picking it up in person. Yeah, I could see really a, a big play with like wineries and some of the other groups yeah. along those lines that can certainly play well, especially with um, maybe even integrations within grocery stores. Is that something that you think that's plausible? I don't know how many grocery stores really have open APIs or is that something you guys have gotten into at this point? Yeah. So we actually have relationships to a few of the grocery, uh, larger grocery stores, like regional chains. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Most of grocery stores don't really have open APIs. Some of them do actually, it's actually pretty interesting. And we can pull data from those open APIs, but we'll partner directly with them. So they actually open up their APIs for us or give us access to the EDI system or their FTP. And once we get that data, we're actually able to do the same experience and just work with directly with them. And all the retailers are just crabby because it's really just driving the traffic and purchases. So there's not really a downside for the retailer other than like there's more eyeballs coming. Very, very, very interesting. Where can the business go, Snay, in terms of the, the future, obviously, acquisition of more brands and more retailers and, and so on. But where do you think you're going to end up with this business? Has it got other possibilities, you know? Yeah, I know. So I think the opportunities are uh, pretty wide. And like me and my co-founder talked to like pretty deeply into this uh, from a data perspective. I think that's like the most important thing, the data we collect both from the brand side and then also from the retailer side. I think that is a very unique data set that uh, it's very rare for companies to collect that. Like no, no one that we know actually has both sides. So once you have that data, there's a lot of things you can start doing with like inventory management, wholesale purchasing, and a lot, a lot of different avenues we can open it to. This is where what we're doing today um, is really a wedge in the door. It's really a, like standardizing like e-commerce e and commerce ecosystem. And I think that's really where the main opportunity lies, like becoming that true omni-channel platform that connects brands and retailers in a holistic way versus just like, Hey, it's just a wholesale opportunity. It's like, yeah. we're actually connecting you both to work with each other actively to benefit. So Snay, you're obviously in the tech space. So do you foresee what you're doing in your technology, have any sort of play within the metaverse of shopping within the metaverse and doing fulfillment in stores in the future? Yeah, no, we love metaverse. I think it is a future that is going to happen. I think anyone who thinks it's not a reality down the line, I think actually probably hasn't seen the data or seen the, like the adoption rates in it. I don't know the, when it will happen, but I know it will happen. So our whole goal with Lucky is really to become the true omnichannel platform that integrates with all of the delivery platforms, all of the local pickup platforms, all of the inventory across every store. And for us, we don't really care how the customer gets a product. And our customer doesn't really care how they get a the product either. They just want the product in the most efficient and fast way possible. Like that's their number one priority. So we do see a future where like in the metaverse and whoever owns the metaverse, whoever is running it, where consumers are like shopping in the metaverse, they're picking up a product virtually and they like check out right then and there. Now, instantly they're able to receive the product the same day from the closest retailer near them or closest store near them that has a product. And all of that's connected. So the metaverse is the true future of the metaverse is really combining both the physical and digital world. 
If you isolate just the digital world into itself, it won't really work and vice versa. So I think that's really where the tangibility comes in. It's like, hey, your avatar that you're uh, moving around with and buying products with in the virtual metaverse now will actually have direct effects in your physical life where the products will be show up at your doorstep after you buy those products online. So I think that's really where the future is going to be. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's still a little early, but I think for those that are getting in early and can get something established, I think in, in the next three to five years, I think they can experience yeah. some exponential growth from that. Absolutely. It's another channel. It's just like online 100%. and in store. It's just going to be another channel and definitely need to do your research and embrace that and start looking for where your opportunities and entry points need to be for your business. Yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, as a brand the, or a DC brand or even a pop-up brand, like the number one thing for you is you have to be everywhere where your customers are. Mm-hmm. Like figure out where your customers are and then be able to make it as easy as possible for them to, that's all it will take. That's, that's the future of brands, like true omni-channel experiences. How can people get hold of you, Snow? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, uh, our like website, anyone can reach out to us on our website. We have a contact form on there, uh, luckylabs.com. So that's always available. Um, you can always shoot me an email at like my first name, S-N-E-H, Snay at luckylabs.io. And then otherwise, like find me on social. I'm very open on Twitter DMs. That's actually worked really well from both a business perspective and a personal standpoint so far. So find me on Twitter at Snaypmar with uh, two R's then. And then you go from there. So yeah, just reach out. Always happy to chat with more brands, retailers, people are interested. Actually, I'm about to start actively hiring as well across a couple of roles. We're like looking for uh, great people. So this is a great opportunity for what sort of people are you looking for? Yeah, so we're actually hiring, uh, we're probably going to hire two more engineers, full okay. stock engineers in the same thing podcast. We'd love to chat with you guys if you have experience and interest in like the e-com enablement space. We have a head of sales actually as well. So um, we're going to hire some people on the sales side. So right, we're uh, about pure fuel, growing, scaling, and uh, moving forward. And, and I just want to pick up on something you said a second ago about the Twitter DM that you're finding that's working really well yeah. for you. Just tell me a little bit more about that because I think our listeners are going to find that quite interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. I was never a big user of Twitter, probably until this past year. Like I just really didn't see any value out of it. I didn't really see any point. But over the past year, I think it was because of the pandemic, for some reason, the entire like tech community is on Twitter. It's actually more likely for you if you're trying to reach out to somebody, whether it's an investor, a client, like individual that you want to learn from chat with, whatever. It's actually probably more likely to respond to a Twitter DM than an email, a phone email. Just because it's like a little bit more personal, like yeah. they know that you're like reading their like tweets, you like understand what they're thinking through, and it's worked really well. There's that's like a one platform that's probably most heavily utilized by me, and my co-founder, from an engagement perspective, just because it's so valuable right now. So I would encourage anyone uh, that hasn't yet checked it out, at least try and start building a following, start like posting, engaging with the right people, and I think it'll work great. I've seen it work great for probably countless people. Yeah, great insight with that. Very cool. Snay, it has been great having you on. Great talk. I really love the concept. I think you guys are got a lot of growth ahead of you and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Steven. Thanks, Scott, for the time and opportunity uh, to tell a little bit about myself and uh, Lucky. This is a great experience. Yeah, let us know if there's any other questions. And if anyone wants to reach out, feel free to reach out to us. So For sure. Snay Palmer, thanks for being on the Popable Podcast. Look forward to talking to you again soon, seeing how the progress is going. (laughs) Likewise. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Poppable Podcast, brought to you by Stephen Brooks, the pop-up retail expert, and poppable.com, the online community marketplace that matches pop-up brands and spaces. If you have any questions for the show, 
You can email us at questions at poppablepodcast.com or leave us a voice recording at poppablepodcast.com. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe, and we'll both see you next time on The Poppable Podcast. Thank you.